Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Victoria, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, September 19th, 2012, and we are reading from the big book, the chapter, There is a Solution, the top of page 28, first paragraph, beginning with, here was the terrible dilemma. Today's readers are, in the order they will be reading, Fran, Michelle, Carol P., Judy B., and Sharon. The share number for yesterday's meeting, Tuesday, September 18th, is 3031. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Anne-Marie to read the 12 steps. This is Anne-Marie, Recovered Compulsive Eater. One. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our life over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of, per- made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you, Anne-Marie. Lois, would you please read the 12 traditions? I'd be happy to. Uh, my name is Lois. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm going to read the 12 traditions of Al uh, Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, uh, common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is a, but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who is still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any uh, related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, pro property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards, uh, service boards or committees directly responsible to these, those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on, on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lois. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Single. Victoria, you've muted yourself. Leah, are you in a position to continue? I'll continue. With yes, indeed. The format. Indeed. Our abstinence yes. requirement. I'm here. Um, our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. 
This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book on page 28, the first paragraph at the top of the page, which was inadvertently omitted yesterday. I'm sorry for that. So we're going to go back and pick up that short but important paragraph that we missed. Fran, would you begin reading, please? Good morning. This is Fran, Compulsive Overeater. Here was the terrible dilemma in which our friend found himself when he had the extraordinary experience, which, as we have already told you, made him a free man. We, in our turn, sought the same escape with all the desperation of drowning men. What seemed at first a flimsy reed has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. A new life has been given us, or, if you prefer, a design for living that really works. And I pass. Thank you. Fran, would someone like to comment on what was read? Hi, this is Kim. Yes, Kim, go ahead, please. Good morning, Victoria. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. We, in turn, sought the same escape with all the desperation of a drowning man. I mean, isn't that what I wanted? I just wanted an escape from the misery of my compulsive overeating. Well, how could I get that? I had to have the desperation of a drowning man. You know, I remember watching a TV show a couple weeks ago, and it was celebrities and military men together, and they dropped them in the water, and the one celebrity started to drown. And the military guy was coming over, and this, this celebrity just kept grabbing him and grabbing him, and he was pulling them under, and he kept saying, stop fighting me, stop fighting me, just let go. You know, and that's what we have to do. We have to stop fighting. We have to let go. We have to let that person who has the problem has been solved save us. Because when we're drowning, we just, we're just grabbing everywhere. You know, and I, I thought of that picture, and I thought, that's what I need to do. As I just kind of drowning now, I have to reach out, but I have to let go at the same time. And the other thing is, so much when we're desperate, I hear so many people say, I want a sponsor, I want a sponsor, I want a sponsor. Okay, I can sponsor. Can you call me at this time? Well, that's kind of early. You mean, do you want me to call how many people? Do you want me to go to how many meetings? You know, it's as if we're drowning and someone's throwing us this life jacket and we're like, well, can't we have the life jacket in pink? I really want it in pink. You know, and that's what this program requires. We have to seek the escape with the desperation of a drowning man. And when we finally let go, when we finally give up, and we finally take the hand of the person who has recovered, we will be saved. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? This is Janice. That's 
Janice, go Ms. ahead. Janice, go ahead, please. Thank you. Thank you very much, Leah and Victoria. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So here was the terrible dilemma in which our friend found himself. He had just come from a year of working with this very famous psychiatrist. He thought he knew the inner workings of his mind. He thought he was going to be safe with all the self-knowledge he had gained. And yet, he left there and picked up again and picked up again. And when he came back and asked the doctor, why, why is this happening to me? The doctor explained to him that he had the mind of a chronic alcoholic and that even though he had been a good church member, that was not enough to give him the vital spiritual experience that this great psychiatrist had found necessary in some people to be freed from the hell that this man had found himself in, that our friend had found himself in. And I have been in that place. I have been in that terrible dilemma, thinking there must be a way out. There must be a way out. You know, perhaps because I had been to a church as a child, perhaps because at one time I had had what I thought was a relationship with God, Maybe that was going to be enough. But like this man, like our friend, it was not enough. And it was good information to have. It was good information to have because it put me in a place of true powerlessness. And it hit home to me that, yes, indeed, lack of power was my dilemma. Lack of power. No human power could have relieved my compulsive overeating. And that was the place that I needed to get to. That was the place where I, it was going to mean the turn of the tide. You know, when I knew that true powerlessness, that lack of power. But when that lack of power became my reality, it opened my mind to a new reality. You know, then I was ready for the extraordinary experience of being approached by someone in whom the problem had been solved and hearing that there was going to be a design for living, for me, for me, for me. And at first, it seemed, how could this work? How could this work? It might have at first seemed a flimsy read, but it became the loving and powerful hand of God. And how did that happen? By the working of the 12 steps. Because that's where God put the extra in the extraordinary. It was through the working of those 12 steps in my surrender that the world opened up for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Would someone else like to, to share on what was read? Yes. Good morning, Mrs. This is Leah. Lois. I'm a, I'm a recovered Good morning. Good morning, Leah. Someone else was speaking. I didn't hear who that was. Please come back after Leah. Thank you so much. Good morning, Victoria. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Just to step back for a moment into that previous paragraph, uh, as Janice commented as well, you know, that the hope was destroyed by the doctors telling him that while his religious convictions were very good, in his case they did not spell the necessary vital experience. Um, you know, 
my mind is an instrument. It's a tool. It's it's there to be used for a specific task. But uh, this experience goes beyond the intellect. A spiritual awakening, a spiritual experience uh, goes beyond the intellect. I needed a new mind. I needed a spirit-guided mind. How do I get one of those? Well, I got that through the process of the 12 steps because I could not transcend the intellect by using the intellect. I had to throw myself at this program, you know, and I had to, um, you know, let go of, of that thinking mind of mine, you know. I had to let go of worshiping the thinking mind and my ego because I needed a new mind. This, this book, these, these uh, first 164 pages that we study, it, and, and the um, clear-cut directions that are offered in its pages, this book is designed to bring about an experience. Its, its whole object is to take me, to transform my personality, to transform my outlook, my attitudes, my ideas, my emotions, and to go from a self-centered existence to a God-centered ex- existence. That's exactly what the 12 steps does specifically steps four through nine. Four through nine are the action steps that take me from that self-will run riot to a life where I can be governed by principles, governed by these universal principles, governed by God. It says here, a new life has been given us, or if you prefer, a design for living that really works. Exactly, this transformation um, of my personality didn't just give me a piece of a new life. It, we're not talking the mere elimination of some binge foods. We're talking about I have been given an entire new life, a reordered life, a renewed life, a rehabilitated life. My entire life has um, been elevated and improved um, because of the program of recovery. I am um, the mother that I am today because of the program of recovery. I'm the friend that I am today because of the program of recovery, the wife that I am because of the program of recovery, the daughter that I am because of the program of recovery, the community member that I am because of the program of recovery. It's not just a piece of a new life. It is an entire new life. Is it through any glorification of self or any personal success? Absolutely not. This is the power of God. This is what can happen when God is allowed to revolutionize one's life. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Judy B. from Massachusetts. Good morning, Judy. Please go ahead. Good morning. I always have to comment on this uh, paragraph because it speaks so loudly to me when I hear the desperation of drowning men. The person who uh, recommended OA to me many, many years ago explained the program to me as a program that's not just a casual program, but it's something that you have to need as much as a drowning man needs a a lifesaver. And um, when I first came in and I heard the 12 steps, I I knew it, it didn't seem like a flimsy read to me, honestly, at that point. I knew that this was the hand of God and that this, I, was meant, I was meant for this program. This was here for me, and it, and it literally, literally changed my life. And um, 
even though I didn't get to understand um, everything, um, because I only really, really, really have found the um, the total message of the big book in the last four years. Um, in the beginning, I, I went to meetings that, that really um, talked about the spiritual part of the program, and I knew, I knew that it just wasn't, it wasn't a diet plan. It never was for me. And um, this, this program gives us a design for living. That's, that's, you know, that's all we can ask for. I mean, it's just, it's a design for living. It shows us what to do in every situation. And I just, I am just so grateful that it is here and, and that it is offered to us. And I just pray that I will grow so that I can share this with others so that, so that they can realize realize what a lifesaver this is. It's, it's, it's something to literally guide our lives every moment. And all of the answers are there. We, we come to this relationship with our higher power who will bring us through everything. And uh, I, I just needed to share that. This is not a casual program that we can listen to every now and then. This is a way of life. And if, if we let it, it can, completely, it can completely guide us in this new design of living. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy B. Anyone else like to share on what was read? It's Monica. This is I'd like to share. Monica, good morning. Go ahead, please. Thank you, Victoria. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I am a compulsive overeater. <clears throat> we, in our turn, sought the same escape with all the desperation of drowning men. Now, Bill's pic painting a picture here for us again. Desperation of drowning men. Desperation. If you know if you're drowning, you're dying. Desperation, desperation, we know that. We know what it's like. I know what I was desperate when I came into the rooms. We're, and we were seeking, I was seeking something. I was looking for something, trying to escape this drowning situation. What seemed at first a flimsy reed. And what is a flimsy reed? Flimsy means thin, weak, and a reed is a hollow grass. What seemed at first a flimsy reed, a thin, weak, hollow grass. Doesn't seem like much, does it? And how is that going to save me? How is this 12 steps you're talking about going to save me? What do you mean, this spiritual stuff? How is this going to save me? I'm drowning here, people. I need something to pull me out of here now. Has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. You know, as recovered people and those, you know, listening, whoever's listening on the, on the line today, if you're drowning, you're being given here a flimsy read. You're being given a message. You're being given a lot of hope here in this paragraph. And this is the 100 recovered people who are talking here. And they say on looking back, that flimsy read what that actually has been, what this program really is, the bottom line is that it's proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. 
It's God, it's God, it's God. And how do you do that? How do you get that? How do you get this relationship with God? It's, it's called working the 12 steps. And if you do that, you will be given a new life. A new life, a design for living. Yes, the 12 steps get, help us to trust God, clean house, and help others. That's our design for living, and it works one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Would someone else like to share? There was someone out there whose name I didn't clearly make out. Do you want to come back on the line and share on what was read? This is Sharon. Good morning, Sharon. Go ahead, please. Hi, Victoria. Hello, Vision for You. I, um, this, uh, when I read this and, and uh, hear about this, what it, this flimsy read that um, when I came into the rooms, I was desperate, grasping for anything. And the flimsy read is reaching for that, for me, reaching for that, uh, recovery that I wanted to stop eating compulsively. Uh, and I have to honestly say, when I read the big book in my in the early days of being in program, I saw a different program of recovery than what I saw in the rooms of OA, unfortunately. And I longed for the recovery that I had read about in the big book because when you read this big book, it is not a flimsy read. It talks about this new, this design for living. And that's what I really, really wanted. Uh, but, and that's what I needed. But when I came in, what all I, that flimsy read is reaching for that recovery from compulsive overeating, to stop eating compulsively. And when we first start, it just, it just, let me just grab hold of this, uh, hollow uh, uh, stem and hold on. But so what we see and what we get are two different things. We don't see that behind this program of recovery, behind that flimsy reed is the powerful hand of, of God. And as we start this 12-step program, one of the very first things that we do is get introduced to a power greater than ourselves. So what we see, what we see is this flimsy read, but what we don't see is this invisible power that is going to reach back to us as we reach out for the flimsy read. This invisible power is going to uh, envelop us and pull us in to recovery. And this design for living, I just, I know others have talked about it, but it is, I just want to share because it is so, I mean, this is what I received from this program. This is what I yearned for. I felt like I had not been given, that everyone else was born and they'd been given some manual on how to live. 
and I had been left out. I didn't, I felt like I didn't know how to live life. I didn't know what to do. And as I worked the program of recovery, as I worked the 12 steps, slowly I began to learn. I, I, as I, as I formed relationships with my fellows and uh, worked alongside them, as we had this uh, recovery plan, I learned how to live life. This book, Working This Program, has given me a design for living that answers all of my questions. Now I have a manual. I'm, I don't feel like a freak of nature any longer. I, I, I still know that I'm not like other people because I do have this disease, but I'm happy to live with it and I can live free and I can be of love and service and I can be happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Let's move on to the next paragraph, beginning with a distinguished American psychologist. Michelle, would you read that paragraph, please? Hi, good morning. Excuse me. This is Michelle, recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God. The distinguished American psychologist, William James, in his book, Varieties of Religious Experience, indicates a multitude of ways in which men have discovered God. We have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. If what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Those having religious affiliations will find here nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremonies. There is no friction among us over such matters. And um, so here in this paragraph, we're introduced to to a psychologist. Um, Bill refers to him as a distinguished American psychologist and references his book. So it must have been well-known in this era at this time for him to quote this and cite this reference. And he he tells us that this psychologist says that there's many ways um, in which men and women have discovered God. And so um, Bill goes on and says, we, um, the recovered, those 100 uh, recovered alcoholics who are writing this book say, you know, we have no desire to convince anyone that there's only one way. Um, He's not saying that this is the only way that you can find God. Um, But he said it's really important because, you know, what we've learned and felt, what we've experienced, and it says if it means anything at all, here it is. Here's what what we've learned, that we're, we're all children of one creator. And no matter what our race, creed, or color, we're all a child. You know, we're all children of this Creator, and that we have formed a relationship based on these simple steps, simple and understandable terms, these principles. Um, but as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try, and um, you know, I really, I really do relate to what Roland Hazard was feeling. You know, he was hopeless, and. Um, Dr. Carl Jung tells him that, um, you know, what he needs is a vital spiritual experience. 
And at first it says, you know, our friend is somewhat relieved um, because he has, he has, he's a church member and he has some good convictions. But then he, but then, however, this hope was destroyed because the doctor said, well, you know, you, you in your case, it did not spell what you had, the, the good convictions you had, didn't spell the necessary vital spiritual experience. And um, so when I came into program, I, I'm, you know, I was a longstanding church member and believed I had some good convictions. And I can totally relate to this because I had to let go of the ideas that what I had was good enough. I had to let go of the idea that um, that I had had a spiritual experience because I thought I had. I had maintained some abstinence for a period of time, um, but I had not recovered. The mental obsession had not been removed. And I had to have an open mind enough to realize that um, there was another way to, to form a relationship with God, and I just had not had found that way yet. The way was there. It was being offered to me, um, but my mind um, was not open to all conceptions, all conceptions, spiritual conceptions, as is mentioned in the appendix um, under spiritual experience. And so as soon as my mind was opened, as soon as I became willing to see that there were more spiritual conceptions than the one I was embracing, and it, wasn't, it certainly wasn't working for me, my mental obsession with food was still there, I hadn't had that vital um, spiritual experience. I hadn't had a personality change sufficient for recovery. Then I was willing and honest enough to say, okay, there, there is another way. There are multitudes of ways, and here is a way. Here are some simple steps that, that are being offered to me. And um, it was the truth. There, there was no um, friction among um, what these universal spiritual truths were telling me and these steps that I, I was asked to take and was promised a new way of living. And it did come true for me. It did happen for me once I opened my mind to the fact that there, were, there are other spiritual conceptions than what I had been taught and that certainly what I had been practicing, although they embraced and embodied these spiritual principles, it was not the way out for me until I took these steps. And one by one, taking these steps, um, it became a, a way out for me and a new, it certainly is a design for living for me today that makes me the free man that is described um, when they describe Roland Hazard, not needing a bodyguard, being free, um, being free of the obsession. And not only that, that many more things happened for me to where I started thinking less of myself and more of others, and that changed my whole way of living, embracing what God wanted me to do and be um, as his child. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Michelle. Would anyone else care to share on what was read? Well, this is Victoria. And I would like to share particularly on the passage, a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. As my life unraveled in this disease, 
I floundered around searching for solutions in myself, outside myself, but the last place I was willing to look was with anything called God. I figured that the pain and the chaos that I felt within me and observed around me was absolute evidence there simply wasn't one. And this disease eventually brought me to the place where I was lost and I knew I was lost and I felt that I was lost. And it was at that point that I was willing to be very simple, to keep my search for a solution very simple. And the terms then with which I, I turned to something I called God was out of absolute dependency. I was so beaten by this disease, so very battered by this disease and my own failed, repeated attempts to climb out of it, that I came to a place of absolute dependency on something that wasn't me. And that's something I chose to call God. The years of searching through philosophy, um, read all kinds of religious philosophy, metaphysics. I kept it very complicated, very complicated. And this disease ultimately simplified everything for me down to a point of absolute dependence on a power greater than myself that wasn't me. And those were the terms that I reached for God. It was that simple. And what I understood was I was dying. That was the understanding. My understanding, I was dying. I could not rescue myself. I was lost without a greater power. Nothing could have been more simple. However, the willingness was the last hurdle for me because I had so much pride and resentment over the things in my life and in the world that I felt did not work the way they should work that the first time I tried to kneel, as was suggested to me, kneel to pray, my knees did not want to bend. It was like they were frozen in place and I had to exert tremendous willingness to get down on my knees so that I could physically in my whole body and my whole self experience that state of surrender, my absolute dependency on this power and my, my admission and my willingness to reach. And it was on those terms, simple and understandable, when I became willing and honest with myself and the fact that I was out of tricks and I was dying, that I was able to begin to form a relationship, form a whole relationship, which we're told is what the entire big book is about.
It is a book which allows us to find the way to form that relationship with a power greater than ourselves through vital spiritual experience and the work of the 12 steps. So with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? It's Monica. Hi, this is Phyllis. Monica, go ahead and then Phyllis, please. Thank you, Victoria. Good morning, everyone. Again, my name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. If what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, all of us, I've got that underlined, whatever our race, creed, or color, so no matter what race you are, what what religious belief you might have, what color your skin may be, doesn't make any difference. All of us are children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship. You know, and that's the whole purpose of this book is for us, for you, to get a relationship with God of your understanding. And it's available for all of us, no matter who we are. And then it goes on to say, upon simple and understandable terms, as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. And those are the two key words there, willing and honest enough to try. It is all it takes, you know. You keep hearing willingness is the key, willingness is the key. It is. That's where you start, with willingness. And on page 46, the first paragraph, it says, we um, we found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice, dislike, old ideas, give up our old ideas, and even ex- and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commence to get results. You don't have to understand what this power greater than you is. You just have to have a willingness to believe that there's a power greater than you, that there's a possibility there's something greater than you that can help you here. We commence to get results, even though it is impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. You know, that's impossible for any of us to understand. But it's just being willing to have a willingness to start to believe. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Monica, Phyllis, would you go ahead, please? Hi, I'm Phyllis, a compulsive overeater. Um, The one thing I wanted to bring out in that sentence also is the honesty. When I came into these uh, rooms the second time in OA, um, I was drowning. I was drowning, and I would do anything. I was so desperate to get any kind of recovery, and I saw the recovery. I just didn't know what to do, so I was very, very willing. Um, But my thing was to be honest. I had to be honest, and... You know, I had years of addiction, and I wasn't honest. You know, I, I, just, couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I didn't know how to be honest. Uh, I used to tell stories about why I had to eat. You know, I had medical terms in there, everything, to fool, fool, um, to fool everybody. So not only the willingness, it's the honesty. That was my big hurdle. And once I was completely honest with myself doing the steps, that's when I started to get recovery. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Phyllis. Would someone else like to share on what was read? This is Leah. Good morning, Leah. Go ahead, please. 
Thank you so much. When I look at this uh, paragraph, I certainly see that the text is is written in a spirit of accommodation. You know, they're allowing all of us uh, to to belong here. We have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. Again, the text is written so that, um, you know, everyone fits. Everyone fits in, whatever your concept of God is. It says, if what we have learned... Again, reminding me, um, we have learned it's written by those uh, who uh, had recovered. It's written by the collective voice and experience and wisdom of these hundred men and women who had recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So if what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms. Again, it's reinforcing that all of us uh, can have this experience since God resides within each of us equally. We, we all presumably have the same spiritual potential here. We have the same potential to live a life that's happy, joyous, and free. Everybody on this phone line has the same potential. If God dwells in, in me, he dwells in you Two, you know, so we all have the same spiritual potential, the same potential to live a life that's happy, joyous, and free. It means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of our living creator with whom we may form a relationship. This reminds me that my recovery is dependent on a relationship, it's not and it's a, dependent upon a relationship with God. It's not dependent upon a relationship with people. You know, it's dependent on a relationship with God. My whole problem was a false dependency. I kept looking outside myself for scraps of, of pleasure and scraps of fulfillment and for validation and for security and for love. And meanwhile, you know, we all have a treasure chest, uh, an unsuspected inner resource, the big book teaches me, within us that not only includes all those things that I just mentioned, but is infinitely greater than anything the world could offer. This relationship with God is greater than anything that the world could offer. You know, my, my external conditions are never the remedy for an internal condition called compulsive overeating. You know, so this relationship was a necessity for me, this connectedness with something immeasurable and indestructible, and that's a relationship with God. And what the program of recovery and the big book allows to happen is that as I implement these action steps, I'm taken on a journey, and the big book allows me to have an experience where this God can come into my life. You know, when I stopped resisting, uh, I could experience God. I experienced God when, when the resistance stopped in me and where I could go from my mind where resistance lives to my spirit where I could be free. And the big book allowed that to happen. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would someone else care to share on what was read? All right, let's move on. I'm sorry, who is it? This is Janice. Janice, go ahead, please. 
Thank you, Victoria. Thank you. I just wanted to make a comment here on how humble and beautiful this paragraph is written in that we have no desire to convince anyone. We have no desire to convince anyone. We're not here to twist your arm. We're not here to proselytize. We're not here to say it's the end all and be all, that our way is the only way. You know, what a wonderful inclusion in this chapter of there is a solution. But if you are anything like us, they're saying, if you are anything like us, if what we have learned, felt, and seen means anything at all, and you relate, and you are a compulsive overeater like me, then perhaps this applies to you as well. You know, and I love the fact that those having religious affiliations will find nothing here disturbing. And we don't want any conflict or controversy about this. That is not our intent, they're saying. You know, it's all-inclusive, never exclusive. You know, that the God of your understanding, the God of my understanding, we come to believe. We come to believe. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Let's move on to the next paragraph. Carol P., would you read, please? Good morning, Victoria. Good morning, a vision for you, Carol, compulsive overeater recovered. We think it no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify themselves with as individuals. This should be an entirely personal affair, which each one decides for himself in light of past association or his present choice. Not all of us join religious bodies, but most of us favor such relationships. And I just love that first part, that it is no concern what religious bodies uh, we are identified with, or even if we're not at all. That's not uh, what's the most important. You know, we have the choice and the freedom to decide that for ourselves. I know when I first went in the rooms, I didn't know what God had to do with anything. And if someone would have said, you have to do it only by this faith or whatever, um, you know, that may not have worked for me and definitely wouldn't have worked for others. I used to think freedom was getting to eat what I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted. The real freedom was um, forming this relationship with the higher power of my understanding. Um, and it, it does remind me on page 46, um, to us the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. This life-saving program of recovery is open to all. I'm so grateful, and it's such a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Would someone else care to share on what was read? Press star one to unmute. Anyone else care to share on the paragraph that was just read? All right, let's move on to the next paragraph. Judy B., would you please read the chapter begin the paragraph beginning in the following chapter? Good morning. This is Judy B., recovered compulsive overeater. In the following chapter, there appears an explanation of alcoholism as we understand it 
then a chapter addressed to the agnostic. Many who once were in this class are now among our members. Surprisingly enough, we find such convictions no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. Further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. These are followed by 42 personal stories. And so this, this is telling us that um, we, when we finish this, there is a solution. We're going to read about um, an explanation of alcoholism. We will beca- we'll begin to see uh, exactly what, uh, what is involved. And, um, and then a chapter on the agnostic. And I love where it says, we, we find such convictions, no great obstacle to a personal experience. You can come into this program totally confused or totally um, knowing that there is no God. You can come in believing one thing and just, if you're just willing uh, to listen to what helped these hundred, peop- hundred men uh, at the beginning, if you're just willing to open up and and to have an open mind, um, you too can have this this spiritual experience. Your um, your former beliefs uh, will not get in the way. Um, this is a program for everyone. And then um, after we finish that, the the chapter on. Um, understanding alcoholism, and then the chapter on um, the agnostic, then we're given clear-cut directions showing how we recovered. And then they they talk about how how this program works. And there we get into action. We find out what we have to do. And, um, you know, that's that's um, that's the main body of of what we need to do. It, It shows us right there. And then uh, after that uh, are the 42 personal stories. But uh, the real meat of the program is, is how it works, you know, how, how we follow this program, what we have to do, what we have to surrender. And, um, boy, this book is just, is just exactly what we need to come to that relationship with God and to, uh, find, to find recovery. It's just a beautiful way of life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Judy. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Sharon, would you please read A Vision for You? beginning with our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hello, this is Sharon. Yes, I'd be glad to read Victoria. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right 
and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Amen.